Today, we'll hear from our guest, Jordan Roper, who shares his insights on creating fulfillment in his life in the music and film industry, as well as his journey navigating anxiety, developing his philanthropic vision, and learning to understand diverse perspectives with both compassion and empathy. Get ready for an enlightening and refreshing conversation with another everyday hero doing his best to create positive ripples in his life and in the lives of others. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to Fulfillment Therapy. Today we have a wonderful guest. His name is Jordan Roper and he works in the music and film industry. So I've had some great conversations with Jordan about his work and I thought he'd be a great guest to have on today about how he finds fulfillment as a husband, father, and also as a businessman, especially in the film industry. So I love getting a male perspective too. Jordan, thanks for joining us today and can you introduce yourself a little bit to us? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is a I like doing things like this a lot. I find it a lot of fun to just discuss question and answer about the film industry. It's not, especially in, in the Idaho area, it's not a super common thing. So it's, it's a lot of fun to discuss. But I've got four little kiddos and uh, I'm married to a beautiful, wonderful wife, Haley. We've been married for almost 12 years. In November, it'll be 12 years. I got my undergrad in piano performance and music composition from Brigham Young University of Idaho and a master's in music and film and television composition from the Seattle Film Institute. Yeah, I've been working full-time in the film industry since then. It, it does, <clears throat> one of the interesting things about it, especially being in, in the Idaho area, obviously I'm not rubbing shoulders with a ton of filmmakers. And I was always expecting to go to Los Angeles uh, for obvious reasons, but I just kind of felt, I don't know, I guess guided. I just kind of felt like that's not where we're supposed to be, which is interesting because I always planned on going to LA. That was like always my plan. And uh, I I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Los Angeles. And so I was kind of like, okay, that's like where I'm supposed to be. And then after I got home, it was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's where I'm supposed to go. So I have to network a lot harder. I go to Salt Lake probably once a month for networking in L.A. as often as I can. I don't go to L.A. as often as I used to, but but as often as I can to network and then just kind of get my you know, plugged in with directors and producers. And because I'm a composer, I don't need to be on set. So that's where a lot of the benefit of being in music is it's all in post. I don't have to be on set. I work directly with the directors and producers and they can send me the footage and then I'll, I'll score it and write the music to it in my studio here in the Boise area. 
and it, it works out well that way. So I supplement it with solar. I also sell solar. I'm one of those guys that everyone rolls their eyes when they open the door and see the solar sales <laughs> guy standing there. Um, but it's completely, the schedule is 100% mine. Uh-huh. And so that's why I do it. It's something to wear because I, I have my 100% of my own schedule. I'm able to, oh, you know, I've got to go to this film film festival or I've got this gig that I'm shooting because I also produce. Uh-huh. Um, I also produce film and get things funded and, and commercials and other things like that. So I do it to where if I need to up and go the very next day or if I get a gig and they're in a last minute pinch and they need it in three days, I can do that. Right. That the you know, doing solar allows me to be able to have complete control. So that's kind of where we are now. It's, a, it's it's going well and it's growing, kind of starting to take a little bit more hold and I really enjoy it. Wonderful. Well, I've had a lot of, like I said in the beginning, great conversations with you about your line of work, something I don't know much about at all. I'll go into that a little bit later, some of the things that we've talked about. But this podcast is a mental health and wellness podcast. I'm wondering if I can ask you some questions about your fulfillment in your own life and especially in your field. Absolutely. Okay, we'll just jump right in. The first question that I have for you is what challenges have you faced as you've begun to move from simply just surviving and into a life where you are able to thrive and live more intentionally in your field, but not just in your field, also as a husband and a father and an individual? Yeah, those are great questions. It's been tricky. You know, like it's now I would say that we're in a very fulfilling spot. That's not to say that we don't have tons of stress and anxiety with with having four children and pursuing careers, just like every family, you know? Right. but I, I would think one of the biggest things that I did that, that did myself a favor is I realized, you know, I got, I graduated with the master's in music and film and television composition in 2015. And because it's so specific, it's not just a master's in music, which is cool, but it's a master's in music in film and television composition. So it's so niche that I knew ever since I was a kid, like this is, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I want to do music for movies. Right. Um, I knew that it was going to be hard. It was going to be a long road. There's a lot of really talented people out there. And so I knew that it was going to be just a long road and hard to make money. And so after grad school, I was just trying to find jobs that would work with my film and music career. And that was just so hard. It was just so hard. Like, what can I do to make this work? I, through undergrad and grad school, and through those, I did, you know, door-to-door sales, summer sales, and that worked well, but it's so hard on your family, and it's it's only, you know, three months out of the year, and then you have to live on that when you're in school. So after school, it was, okay, I got to find something that I can be able to, you know, blend in with my, with my music career, and I went through so many different jobs, just job after job after job. And I remember there was this one moment I was, I was working for a office products company. I was a business to business salesman for an office products company. And I was driving around literally thinking, I'm just like spinning my wheels. I'm barely making any money, first of all. And this isn't allowing me to put any more time or focus on my film career. And it was in the middle of winter in Pocatello at the time, which is, you know, again, Southeast Idaho is where film composers go to die. But I just kind of felt guys to Idaho. And now we live in Boise, which is much, much better, uh, but I'm still having to network a ton, obviously. But I remember driving to Pocatello, and all of a sudden, this it was in the middle of winter, and this huge old farm truck like smashes into the back of my car and just 
completely totals the car. All the office products that were in the trunk are just totally destroyed. I had whiplash. I had to go to like get chiropractic work and all this stuff. But I remember when it smashed in the back of my car, I got out of the car, walked over and looked at the car and saw it in an instant kind of like revelation. Okay, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go start my own company. I'm going to go to Sundance Film Festival and Uber people around Sundance and make money with that. I'm going to get insurance for this, for pain and suffering, because I could feel right away that my neck was hurting. So I'd take time off work. I'd get insurance money from that. And I had a tax refund coming. So I was like, it just was like, everything just lined up. And, it, and sure enough, two weeks later, I quit and started a, a property maintenance company doing lawn maintenance and property maintenance for different commercial companies keeping the exterior of their business clean and grew that quite a bit because I could own my own schedule. I taught school, you know, for a little bit, which again, I only did that for one year because that was too constricting to my schedule. Um, eventually went and taught at a community college and then eventually started selling solar. And once I, once I paired selling solar with a lawn company, I was then able to grow the lawn company enough to be able to sell it. And then boom, I have this chunk of change in my account that I've never had before. And I kind of had to like realize I'm going to need to work really, really hard to get financially ahead enough that I can be able to have a sales job that I may not be making a ton of money some parts of the year, but then other parts of the year I can make really good money. And if I own my schedule and own, own that, then I can be able to be able to do music and television and film and whatever, whenever I needed to. And so once I sold the lawn company and dove right into solar, I've just never gone back. It's been years because that finally led up to where I was able to one completely support my family financially, but then two, I, I can juggle my schedule whenever I needed to. So, so the long story, you know, comes around to where it's like, I, I had to find a job that was completely in my control um, and made good money, which is just, really 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 hard i don't i don't always love knocking doors sometimes i'm just like gosh I gotta figure out something else like i'm so past this i'm 35 years old i don't want to be doing this anymore knocking doors anymore but the money is good enough and the schedule is good enough that i can just leave like next week i'm going to logan to shoot four different commercials for this one company and then coming back and writing music for another short film and i can just say okay wednesday thursday i'm doing music the other days i'm doing solar and that's another thing like in, in pairing to answer that question, like I realized before I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning, get the kids to school, do all those things, work on music and, and whatever I need to do in the film industry for four or five hours, then go work for four or five hours in solar, then come home, help put the kids to bed. And I was trying to do that for years. And it was just causing me so much anxiety because it takes like your muse, like to get going in your muse and get going like, creatively to where you're locked in it takes like over an hour or two hours sometimes to get where you're in the groove and you're just going and emotionally with my heart and my head and everything like it was too i was being pulled in too many different directions and i was always like well i can't just like not do music until i have a gig then i'm like failing you know and so it was causing myself a lot of anxiety it, it literally brought me one point back in 2018 2019 to where i had a, a pretty massive anxiety panic attack and I was in bed three days and dizzy and sick and because I just stressed myself out so much, feeling like I was failing everywhere. I had to realize, okay, I have to divide these things up. 
husband and father is always happening. But when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm at home, I'm at home. And if I'm doing solar, all I'm doing is solar. Yeah. And if I have a gig, whether it's a paid gig or not, then I'm only doing the music. And solar allows me to do that. I had a, a romantic comedy, a feature film romantic comedy that I wrote the music for several months ago. And I took the entire month. It was a good enough pay, paycheck for that romantic comedy that I took an entire month off and did nothing but music. And I composed for six, seven hours a day and then enjoyed the time with my family. And I was able to do that to where I was like enjoying it. And there were some days I was writing for 12 hours. Some days I was writing for four. But I was able to take that month off and just do nothing but music. And then when that was done, went back and kept knocking doors, you know? And so I just realized I'm dividing the two. When I do solar, that's it. When I do music, that's it. And if I keep them separated, I'm able to just feel happy. feel like I'm succeeding. feel like one's not failing because of the other. And then when I'm sitting down in the rocking chair reading my little girls or little boy book, I can sit there and focus like, I'm with my kids, enjoying my time with them, not stressed about what I'm not doing anymore. That's helped me a lot. Oh, I love to hear that. It sounds like you really found a way that things can work for you. Like you talked about being pulled in so many directions with your different roles, with your different jobs, and also trying to find that happy spot. Like I loved how you shared about how you got to that spot and the clarity that you found, especially when you mentioned the car being totaled. And that revelation that came right with that. What I love about that is you didn't just sit on it. You didn't forget about it. You didn't go back into the grind, but you you were all in. You jumped in, you made it happen. And it hasn't been easy, it sounds like. And yet you are still leaning in and you're still finding fulfillment. Those uncomfortable middle spaces. Or There's a quote that I remember. It says something like, the beginning is hard, the middle is messy, and the end is amazing. And it sounds like you, yeah. in some ways you might be in that middle stage. I don't really know what you would say to that. I'm definitely in the middle um, because there's a lot. I mean, you know, I have a little girl that you could probably hear constantly coughing in the background. <laughs> She's, but yeah, just, you know, two-year-old, four-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old. I mean, all the things that they're doing. My wife has, you know, a lot of things that she's passionate about. It's always a constant juggling act. There are times that I have to look at it and think, okay, I'm super stressed and anxious right now. Why? And I'll look at it. And 90% of the time, it's just because I have a lot going on, but they're all good things. I don't need to be feeling anxious right now. I just am in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's helped because like you said, I, I, when I went into it, I was like, okay, I, I burned the boats, you know, yeah. I burned the boats. I said, I quit that job and you know, leaned into the film or lean into the, to the lawns and the property maintenance. And then, I mean, I literally went out and bought, which we didn't have money for, but I went out and found an old 2004 Escalade licensed it with, you know, Uber and Lyft and stuff. And then, and brought like a sleeping bag and a pad and would go up to Sundance for the entire time. And just like Uber people around like crazy at the time we lived in Salt Lake. And I would do people around, I would give them my car to be like, hey, I'm a film composer. I'd love to work with you someday. Put on my music while I was driving them around and talk about how I worked on that music and what the what are they doing in the film industry. That was able to generate enough income. But I'm having to sleep in the back of my Escalade each night, sneak into some hotel public shower, which only so many have that. And like I was roughing it for like two weeks and I did it for four years in a row. 
that's just what it took. Like I loved it enough that I thought I'm, I'm willing to do anything to make this work, excluding something that's going to be at the expense of my family and my marriage, which I feel like LA would have been that. I feel like LA would have put, would have been at the expense of my wife and family because I knew to make it there, I would have to just constantly be gone. There were times with the lawn company when I was doing that and solar and teaching and all this stuff, I was just 70, 80 hour weeks, but I knew there's a light at the end of this tunnel. I can get this to a point where I can sell the company, be able to be doing, you know, be financially sound at that point and, and be good enough in solar that I don't have to be gone that much anymore. But in order for me to get there, it's going to take a ton of work. Right. And that's what it is. And now it's, I mean, we're, I don't want to say that everything's incredible and amazing, but I kind of do feel like it is because we're, I'm home when I need to be. And if the kids have something going on, I go to it. I don't miss their recitals. I don't miss their matches or games or whatever. I, I go to all of those things. But then there's times where it's like, hey, you know, I know that we had something planned tonight, but I have this sale I need to go to and I need to go to it. Right. And I just, I have to pick and choose, you know? It's cool because, again, if, if you're going to do it, especially in the film and music industry, it has to be in your bones. It has to be something that if you don't have it in your life, you're, you just aren't happy, you know, because it's such a challenge. But now being a producer, that's something that I, I started producing because I realized the more things that I get funded, the more things I'll write music for. I've really enjoyed producing, not only for the music side, but just as the production side has just been a lot of fun. That actually ties in pretty well with what I was going to ask you next. But before I do, I just want to mention a couple of things that you said. You didn't say this word, but it was almost like you set this boundary. Like, I'm willing to work hard. I'm really willing to lean in and do these incredibly hard things. Like you talked about sleeping in your car. I think you were mentioning that for four years and networking. Is that what you're doing for four years? Yeah, for, for there was four different four years of Sundance Film Festival for two weeks or so in that year. I just laid down the seats, slept in the car in the, you know, in the evenings in the back of some hotel. Yeah. Like I would park behind the hotel so I would be able to like be away from everything and would sleep. And then I would go find public showers and take a shower and then go right back to networking all day. That's incredible. And yeah. Did it, did it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But the boundary there is, well, you mentioned that you, you do have some anxiety or some overwhelm throughout that with all these juggling all these balls and the crazy hard work you have to put into it. But your boundary was not at the expense of your family because you value family, from what I can tell, knowing you, above all else, or maybe almost all else. You'll have to speak to that a little bit. But yeah, I'm just really impressed by what you're saying here, how you are able to live your dreams, but it's not necessarily in this simple way where it's just this casual, yeah, I'll passively kind of do what I want to do. I want you to speak to that, but I'm going to ask that question that made me think of it, if that's okay. Yeah. What makes your soul sing? And like, what are you passionate about? And when do you experience that flow? We were talking specifically about being a producer, but anything else that comes up with that? Yeah. So I, you know, I appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> so to answer that question, which would probably go along with the things that you were talking about before, is the most important aspect of my life that you know, is always needing more focus than it gets, but I want to be the most important thing is, is my relationship with my heavenly father and saviors. Mm -hmm. That's something that I feel like if, if I can put that first, if I'm praying every day, I'm not always the best at certain aspects of being a spiritual person, but 
knowing that my relationship with them and their guidance comes above everything, 100% of everything on the earth. And then if I do that, then my relationship with my wife will be better and her and I will be guided through that because I mean, God's not going to come in and be like, well, your wife doesn't. Yeah. I mean, she's fine. She can take care of herself. What you need to do, like that's not going to happen. He's going to have me put her and the kids first if I'm following his guidance. And then after that is my relationship with my wife and my kids, you know, and, and that is second. And then I do have to say, just barely below that is my passion for film and music. Like, it's right there with my wife and kids. I love them. I, I mean, I love them insurmountably more than film and television and music, obviously. But where my mind is going and where my heart is, is, is quite often in that. So what makes my soul sing is the thought that one day I can be able to have a lifestyle that is... A, built with completely passive income from different investments and different things that I have set up and maybe not 100% passive, but pretty dang passive. I just, I want to set myself up really smart to where I have income coming in that doesn't take a ton of effort. I can be doing music and movies and television and doing all those things because I love them. And because at that point, if I'm doing enough, then I'll start to get some really, really good paying gigs eventually. If you stick with it long enough and you do a good enough quality, they will come. And so doing that, like if, if I can get it to where I'm making really good money in my industry and in the passive income, and I have great relationships with my family, then I can one day be doing philanthropy. Right. Thinking about being able to, to do what I love for my job and be a, a philanthropist and have a good relationship with my kids and wife, that's just too good. <laughs> and that the thought of that just makes my soul sing because I'm like, I think I can do it. I really think that I can get to a point where I can be, you know, have passive income. I have my money making money and that money making money. And then be doing what I love for good money and, and being with my wife and kids as often as I want. That meaning, you know, there are going to be times where I get a gig and they're like, hey, Jordan, this other composer didn't work out. We need it in a month and we need an hour and a half of music. That's a lot of work. You know, so I might not see my wife and kids almost at all that entire month, but I know that after that month, I can take some time off and be with them for a while. You know what I mean? I can control that. And we we're at peace with that because we know that it's not all the time I'm gone 70 hours a week. And so the thing that makes my soul sing is thinking about, okay, one day I want to be making a chunk of change every year. I want to be making a lot of money, but we'll only live off of a percentage of it. Like in my mind, I have a certain number, like I want to live off of this amount and that amount is a good living. That amount allows us to have reliable vehicles, a nice house, a go out to dinner whenever we want, go on a couple vacations a year, have a good life. I don't need anything fancy. I just want to have a quality life with my family. And then 100% of everything left is all towards philanthropy, helping other people. Hey, let's help you start your, your own business. I know that your house burned down. Here's a new house. And here's what you can do, you know, to be able to bless other people with that house. It's so big to me to not think about getting a man a fish, but teaching men to fish. Like, how can we do that to where we don't just set up shelters that give homeless people food? We set up something that helps them get a job. What can they do to be able to get a job, to be able to provide for themselves? And if they don't have the education to do that, to provide that and help something that can be allowing men to fish for themselves 
thinking about going to bed and waking up knowing that the vast majority of my income is going towards helping other people, that's what makes my soul sing. And doing that with music and movies and television and my own investments, making that possible is like, I can't think of anything better. I love what you just said. It it actually reminds me what we speak to a lot on the podcast about positive ripples, like spreading these ripples for good or ill. And it sounds like as you're talking about this, this is spreading those ripples with philanthropy. And yeah, I just would like this certain amount to support my family and do these things. And ultimately, I just want to live my passion and help others and help them become their best selves. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I was just at a company retreat in Ashton's beautiful, huge cabin, these multi-million dollar two cabins that my friends that I used to work with built. And I was talking to them about that, like, hey, you guys have these two cabins, you have multiple companies, you have these investments, blah, 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 blah. And we were discussing that. And one of them, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want it to, it's his business, but he's like, hey, Jordan, I have my accountant or my, you know, whoever, my my financial advisor, they pay me $13,000 a month. Every month they take everything out of my investments and everything, and they give me $13,000 a month. And he's like, I have no debt. I've paid off my house. All my cars are paid off. Everything's paid off. So that $13,000 a month is amazing. We go on vacations. We do whatever we want. That thirteen grand a month gives us whatever we want. And I look at that, and I'm like, okay, $13,000 is, let's see, do math. That's $146,000 a year. That's a good living. Mm-hmm. But that, that guy, so I don't want to sit, there, sit here and sit, like sound up this super privileged conversation. Like that's not my intent. He could be having his accountant sent him five times that much every month. Right. But he's chosen, no, I want all that to go towards other businesses and philanthropy. And that's what I want. I I want to be able to create a good life for my family, you know, and I have my own number of what makes sense for me to be able to have a good life with my wife and kids and be able to go on vacations, be able to eat out, you know, and go on dates and have fun and have a good Christmas. And I do want that for my family, but I want to be able to have other families have that. I don't want people to just scrape by. And to me, I'm just like, I want to make my cake and eat it too, or whatever that, whatever that (laughs) is, you know, like I want it to be where there was someone that was just scraping by. They're just scraping by, but they're one, they're a hard worker. They are just such a hard worker. And for me to find that person and figure out, okay, what can we do to be able to just make their life change? Right. You know, and, and that would just be awesome. And then for fun on the side, another thing that makes my heart sing is like, there's a couple different guys that do this on YouTube, but they'll just walk up to someone on a college campus and they'll be like, Hey, do you have a laptop? They'll be on a, on like a library computer. And they'll say, Hey, do you have a laptop? They'll say, no, I don't. And they'll pull out a brand new MacBook pro and just give it to them and then chat with them and be like, yeah, you're fine. It looks like you need it. And then just walk away. I want to do stuff like that. And then you like video it and watch them and you see their reaction Uh because that's just so cool that just changed their lives but then i want it to be anonymous so i'd want to blur my face out or something to where people don't know who i am because i i don't want any of it to be about me at all i like i remember bono was in this one interview bono the lead singer of youtube or uh youtube (laughs) (laughs) he was this he was in this interview and someone was asking him a bunch of financial questions and he just kept getting rid of it we know what we do with our finances and we keep that private I know Bono makes, I mean, the dude is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. 
And I'm sure a lot of that is going towards philanthropy. But we don't know what it is. I don't know anything that Bono does with his money. And I, I, that's exactly what I want. I, you know, I want, I want people in my church and people at my work and people in my life to have no idea how much money I make, but to know that I'm using my money well. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, actually, um, I wanted to speak to that yeah. for just a second, too. We have talked about our families before, and I'm in a family of seven. Well, there are seven kids, and wasn't yours seven as well? Yeah, correct. Okay. Being number five, very much did not have the spotlight on me, which was often good. But now there's been a couple experiences in my life as an adult where there's been a, a two that I can think of where people have reached out and quietly done something that has been so transformational. I think especially because you didn't get that special attention really as number five. I don't know what number you are. I feel like you're in the middle too. I, I'm number five as well, interestingly <laughs> enough. And yes, I totally agree. Like we're kind of the one that everyone loves. But is the one that is just there. Yeah, <laughs> under the radar a little bit. <laughs> yes, definitely under the radar. I love that you want to do that, and that doesn't surprise me because it just feels so good. Join us next time as we finish this discussion with Jordan Roper on part two, the intersection of generosity and anxiety, a guest reflection. See you then. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.